Holy podcast, Christopher. It's time for Batman. Batman. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Writers Get Animated. I'm Chris Leva. And I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And today we're talking about Batman, the animated series. Now, before we get started, though, we do have some unfinished Batman business. Batness. Bat, 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 batness. <laughs> it's really unfinished. So last time, well, a few times ago, we discussed Gotham High. And in that, we talked about Gotham High taking place when Thomas Wayne was alive. Looking and doing a little bit more research, the original concept of Gotham High had Batman's parents being dead. Okay, I feel a little bit better about that concept. I still, I think it's, I think it still doesn't work. But I wanted to say and come out and say that yes, in Gotham High, in that concept, if you listen to our pilot episode, um, it was uh, his his parents are still dead. It's him still grieving the loss of his parents in high school. In high school, like you do with all of his villains. <laughs> well, let's talk about a universe where his parents are definitely dead. Definitely dead. Batman the Animated Series. Or B-T-A-S. Yes. Batas. Batas. Which is also an anagram of bats. We are going (laughs) to... We're going to be talking about three specific episodes, some of the best episodes of the series. There's an article that we'll send out um, so you guys can look at it. This uh, somebody made a top ten list of the ten best episodes of Batman the Animated Series, which are pretty accurate. Yeah, I would agree with most of them, and we'll be talking about three of those um, that are on that list for lots of different reasons. So today, let's start with I think what is generally regarded as the best episode, um, besides, of course, the first Mister Freeze one. Um, almost got him. Which is, also sounds like Gotham, Um, it's episode 46 of the first season. I'm using air quotes here, first season. Um, Because, of course, back in the 90s, a season of TV for animation was like 75 episodes. Right. Like you do. Um, So it's episode 46 of that, almost got him. Great concept. I think this has been adapted into a comic since then, like many things in this wonderful Batman colon the animated series. Yes, it has. Mm Mm-hmm. Great premise. It's just a whole bunch of Batman's villains playing cards and talking about how they almost killed Batman. Which is... It it doesn't seem like it should work. Yeah, it's a silly concept, but it's really like being a villain is their job. They've just had a tough day at work. Let's talk through it. Let's come together, and where we come together is playing cards. Mm -hmm. What I found interesting about it was... Poison Ivy coming in to try to play cards and the rest of them not wanting her there because she's a woman. I don't know if it's because she's a woman. Harvey Dent didn't want her there because they used to date. Well, but Killer Croc... Don't do air quotes around Killer... uh, Okay, it wasn't actually Killer Croc. It was Batman in disguise as Killer Croc. Spoilers. But... (laughs) If they've done their homework, it's not a spoiler. <laughs> did you do your homework? I did do my homework. I'm, t- I'm asking them. Oh, okay. I got projected. The two, the two people who listen to the mm-hmm. podcast. Did you guys do 12. your homework? 12, 12 people. Okay, 12. Thank you. We love you. 
But yeah, so um, great episode. I love it. And I had to rewatch parts of it again because I forgot kind of how the, the super plot of the episode went um, with them telling stories and then Joker's telling his story of how he almost killed Batman, but he got Catwoman and he's about to go kill her. And then it turns out that Batman is here trying to find out where Catwoman is and so get Joker to So he could go save Catwoman. And I had to rewatch it, and I do love that Batman as Killer Croc sets the event of the episode in motion. Where after Poison Ivy joins, he says something along the lines of like, you'd think one of us would have got him by now. And that gets all the villains' egos to start arguing about who got the closest. I think it's brilliant. I love that the plot is there of Batman causing the plot the entire time. It's detective work is what it is. It's Batman as detective. Mm-hmm. And could they get away with Batman, the hero, not being in the episode in that same way? Mm-hmm. And I, but they still were able to get Batman, the hero, in it by showing all the flashbacks yeah. of the villains telling their stories. Which is interesting that the way that they almost got him were the most uninteresting plots. <laughs> like, oh, I almost got him at this point. But it was not this at all interesting plot. The poison ivy plot. She had pumpkins that were set to explode her poison ivy gas. And she almost got him because they almost exploded. And in this episode of our podcast on Batman, we are talking about tone throughout Batman. And each of the villain's stories has a different tone that reflects their character. Like poison ivies. With all the pumpkins everywhere, you look at the animation, and it's like this field of like ridiculous pumpkin gas things. Would it actually look like that if Batman were telling the story? Probably not. Penguin using a whole bunch of actual birds to try and kill Batman. <laughs> and Batman uses a hummingbird as a dagger at one point. Did it actually look like that? I don't know. It fits Penguin's character to tell it that way. And Penguin's character... Is one of the more ostentatious, not nearly as ostentatious as Joker, mm-hmm. but I think there's it's a little fluffier than Joker. Joker does allow things to be both happy and dark at the same time. And they even make fun of Penguin for being so serious, because in his story he calls it the aviary of doom. <laughs> and they tell him that's a dumb name. <laughs> he changes it and stumbles over it in the story as gets, he's telling it. Gets completely offended by <laughs> by being insulted by these other villains. Just because you don't have a flair for the dramatic, as he says. Um, so I think it's good tone. They each have a little bit different. I love that Joker's is in black and white because it's supposed to be a old-timey talk show, TV show. Mm-hmm. And so it's told as if it were being watched on a TV. And it kind of was in the episode. I'm not sure how he recorded an episode being in the 1950s of Batman with technology. So there's some plot holes, but it's a good episode. It's a very strong episode. Mm -hmm. You don't question it. And I think the payoff of Killer Croc is played throughout the whole thing as a joke, so you don't take him seriously. (laughs) His almost got him story is a couple of lines of, I threw a rock at him. (laughs) That was a big rock. (laughs) It's just kind of like, look, I almost got him. I just threw a rock at him. But he's just played up completely for jokes. And that's it. So that way, when it's revealed that it was Batman the whole time, it's, it's just really um, inspiring and really uh, 
satisfying. That's the word, satisfying. Mm-hmm. It's very satisfying that Batman pulls off the mask and you realize who it is. And The denouement is a good moment. Yes. <laughs> Everything. And then, oh, the tag at the end. It's, it's like it's Catwoman's story at the end. And she tries to, like, lean in and kiss Batman for saving her. And he flies away when she's not looking. And she goes, almost got him. Tag. Done. Perfect. Boom. Nothing to fix in post. <laughs> I, I had slight problems with that little tag, though. It, it, it just... I mean, they, they established know. early on, like, there's multiple ways to almost get Joker him. did say that. Yeah. He actually says there's more than one way to actually get him. Mm-hmm. But... Good episode. It was a very strong episode. And then later, so Batman the Animated Series, air quotes, ends. Big in air quotes to this episode. Um, <clears throat> I know. Um, so that series ends, and then they start doing, Bruce Tim does Superman the Animated Series, and then we get Batman reintroduced on that, and they do another season of the new Batman Adventures, which is slightly different in animation and a little bit of a redesign but still hearkening back to the continuity of Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Following the same plot, same characters, mostly. Well, you do, Plus Tim Drake. You do get the same, same characters, just Tim Drake as Batman, mm-hmm. because Dick Grayson has now become Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Angsty Nightwing. Angsty Nightwing. Long-haired, mullety. Oh, the mullet. Nightwing. I mean, you think about how superheroes fight crime with a cape and you wonder how they do it. How do you fight crime with a mullet? I don't know. That hair is just a bad idea waiting to be manifest on some jet or fire or something. At least Barbara Gordon keeps her hair under control. Which is true. I wonder what she uses. (laughs) Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe. I don't know what Maybelline is, actually. Maybelline is something else. Oh, okay. It's something else. I learned something today. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> so in, le- in uh, the new Batman Adventures, the similar tone is there. I believe at this point they've stopped drawing it on black backgrounds. It's a little bit more colorful, a little bit more vivid. Um, so the tone is a little bit different just be- by nature of the animation being But the design different. still is very much Art Deco. Mm-hmm. They kept the design sensibility, although there have been some design choices in terms of the um, bat symbol on Batman's chest mm-hmm. is now no longer more rounded and... They took the yellow out. They took the yellow away, which they, it was a holdover from the 89 movie, mm-hmm. that design. So keeping part of that, they took that away and now it's just the bat unleashed on his chest. Those exact words. Yeah, that's what it says, bat unleashed. Bat unleashed. It's not even the bat <clears throat> symbol. Mm. and there are some questionable episodes in this new season but there are also some gems i was actually kind of surprised that both chris and i picked episodes from this last season to illustrate tone in the series Mm -hmm. because there's more episodes and also all three of the episodes we're going to talk about today are storytelling which was a weird way of doing it. It's all characters going back and telling how something happened mm-hmm. or telling about something. And each time that you tell it, you get um, an unreliable narrator. 
So you have the three unreliable narrators of Almost Got Him. And now in the next episode, which is New Batman Adventures Season 1, Episode 12, Over the Edge. No, no, I'm sorry. Episode 19, Legends of the Dark Knight. <laughs> I was skipping ahead. You had them in a different order. Uh, so Legends of the Dark Knight. Um, you get three more unreliable narrators, um, which are kids. Three and a half. Three and a half? I Joel? guess three, yeah. You're counting Joel? Yeah, I, yeah, I count Joel. Yeah, you have to count Joel. <laughs> <laughs> so you get Legends of the Dark Knight, three kids walking around the streets of Gotham alone at night, um, see a newspaper story about Batman um, and start talking about who Batman is. Who, who is Batman really? What have they heard? And these stories of who, how Batman operates, who he is. Mm -hmm. We're seeing Batman not from the, the mind's eye of a villain, but from the mind's eye of a kid. Exactly. And we end up with very different, very different. Very. Uh, <laughs> Four very different interpretations. Two that we see, two that we get to imagine. Right. Of course, the first kid is talking when they're first arguing about Batman. He goes, oh, he has fangs and he's a monster, which kind of harkens back to the very first episode on Leather Wings, which is Batman versus Man Bat. Which is always the big thing. Is, mm -hmm. is he this? Is he something that doesn't exist? Is he not human? Mm -hmm. He's a Man Bat. Batman. Or is he a Batman? <laughs> Some combination of man and bat. God, we're back to this again. <laughs> I don't think we are. Steer, steer, take a left, take a left. <laughs> so we get in this, we get the two two big tones. There were supposed to be a, th a third one, but they, they cut it because I, I there were several reasons why they cut it. But we do only get two main representations of, of it. We get the 1950s version slash 60s version of Batman in the very first story that the kid tells. Where his um, security guard father, uncle, uncle, yes, it's his uncle, says that he was there at a music store. <laughs> I think it was a music museum. I feel like it was. A, was it a museum? It's some kind of music-related thing. Why would a store have a guard? I don't know. Because why would there be a museum with these giant instruments? I don't know. The point is, there are giant musical instruments in this place that someone is guarding. Yeah. And the Joker breaks in. And the story is about the Joker trying to kill Batman in with these musical instruments. <laughs> uh, effectively like a piano, much like Sylvester Wood Tweety or Bugs in the Mouse in the Franz List song or you know, there's just it's just ridiculous it's ridiculous and the kid sets it up as a my uncle knows batman he says he's funny right that's how it's set up um and there are tons of quips that are thrown out um and but this this kid who's an unreliable narrator of an unreliable narrator mm -hmm. his uncle's the unreliable narrator because his uncle was gassed and passed out for much of the fight. <laughs> so the kids even bring up, your uncle was unconscious <laughs> for most of what happened. How does your uncle know what happened? Mm -hmm. And so we, we do get this vision of this really bright 
and colorful 1950s, 1960s Batman. And I think the Joker looks like the Joker from the comics from the 50s. I think he looks like the Joker from the 60s TV show. And slash the, I was about to say, slash the the animation intro to the um, 1960s Batman TV show. Because he doesn't look like the bat, the he doesn't look like the Joker, as played by Cesar Romero. Yeah, he looks like the Joker that's animated in the title sequence of the '60s. And there are a couple moments in this episode that are right out of that TV show, like Robin straddling a giant violin bow that's shot like a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Is right out of the '60s TV show. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know what I was looking at. Like what is happening? <laughs> Why is, one, why is Robin riding a giant violin bow? Why does he have to be on it to catch the villain? They're firing the bow to get the villain. (laughs) There's no reason for Robin to be on it. Two, he's like straddling it in this weird way. I do enjoy, though, uh, where you realize just how far it's gone, where Batman and Robin are beating up the henchmen and Joker's hiding in a corner, making these faces going, oh, ah, <laughs> like making these just ridiculous faces with Michael McKeon, who's the voice of the Joker in this little segment, just oh, oh, and just making these weird faces. And I'm just like, what is happening? It's like instead of bam, pow, thwack, you get the Joker's reaction. Exactly. Which I, I think that would have been even taking it further to show bam, walk, thwack, thwack, walk. Walk. Don't run. <laughs> uh, so we get the goofy tone of Batman here. We're shown, we're rooted in the Batman the Animated Series universe, everything we know and love. And now we get to see a goofier side of Batman. Mm-hmm. And then another kid, Carrie, who people who are watching the episode and have read the comics immediately know as Carrie from the Dark Knight Returns comic, mm-hmm. says, I'm going to tell my version of the story, which is. Almost a verbatim animation of the Batman attacking the mutant sequence from Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. Well, the lines on it are mostly verbatim from the comic. Mm -hmm. So most of the lines from that segment were taken directly from that comic. Mm -hmm. Um, And the animation, the way that it's done, the darker... I mean, it's even darker than the usual Batman the Animated Series. I was even more impressed at like how violent it was rewatching it this time it was violent there was there was not a lot of blood to it but it was rock solid in terms of violence yeah um it's not that far off from what ended up being done when they did the dark knight returns in animation a couple years ago Mm -hmm. it's not that far off except the dark knight returns um, actually has more blood and more violence and just amps it up even bigger. Well, it's a direct-to-video, so you get to choose your blood. True. True. It's not just part of a TV show. Exactly. With the kids telling it. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids going through it. And Carrie doesn't promise, like, oh, yeah, someone told me this. She's like, no, Batman's really like this, and it's just her imagination of, like, it's this her interpretation. post-apocalyptic, like... I mean, it's it's her fantasy because she's like, and Robin's a girl, and of course she's Robin because she's Carrie, who's Robin in The Dark Knight Returns. Right. Uh, so it's her showing what her interpretation is, and she's like, Batman's old. He's like 50 years old. So she has this complete interpretation of it. It has nothing 
it's completely unreliable because it's all speculation. Mm-hmm. All of it. It's not even a story that somebody heard about Batman. She's like, no, Batman's like this. And it impresses the kids to no end. My wife had issues with the mutant's nipples. That's what they look like in the comic, though. They oh. were actually less pronounced in this show oh, I know, than they but were in the comic. My, my wife, uh, Rochelle, was very, very... She's like, what is going on there? And I said, he's a mutant. And she's like, does that mean that his, his nipples are spikes? I'm like, yes, he's mm-hmm. a mutant. I think he is one of the only nippled characters in this entire animation. Which is very true. Show. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone else has nipples. I don't think so. Specifically, the mutant lord has nipples. Prove us wrong, internet. <laughs> And then, of course, we get our next half story where they're walking by, and it's absurd, and I'd be uh, mad about how absurd it was, except it's making fun of something even more absurd. Yes. (laughs) They're walking down the street at night, and they have another friend, Joel, who's just hanging out in front of a shoemaker store, if you didn't catch that. So Joel is in front of the shoemakers? Yes. Joel and shoemakers. And playing with a mannequin with a pink feather boa on it. I was like, it. he's he's trying on a boa. It's like not even subtly coated. Not, not at all. And he says, oh, you're talking about Batman? I love Batman. The, the tight rubber suits. His um, muscles. His muscles. The car that drives up walls. And the punchline is they go, oh, Joel, stop it. And this is, of course, Joel Schumacher of Batman and Robin and Batman Forever directorship infamy. <laughs> Complete infamy. I do. And uh, that was one of the... I, I said, hey, that, that character was Joel. He was in front of a shoemaker store. And, sh- <laughs> and my wife says, why does that sound so familiar? But <laughs> <laughs> like, give it a moment. And then, then we talked about it. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so, lovely moment. I, I did enjoy that. As somebody who saw Batman Forever four times in the movie theater, I, I I'd enjoyed that little dig. It, it made me laugh a lot. And I, so... I had to pause yeah. it for a second to <laughs> let that realization... Yeah, I did not catch that when I was little. And then go on. Yeah. yeah. And so we get interpretations of Batman in this episode that are goofier than the show and much more dark than the show. So you get like this grounded middle ground. And in this show that's a spinoff of the 1989 Batman, it's also telling us that it's better than the last movie in that series. <laughs> and it's playing that off as a fantasy of a kid <laughs> in the show. So it's like, look at how good you got it with this show. It's kind of like a nice pat on the back. Yeah, and I think they did a good job. I agree. And what kind of annoyed me about the episode at first, but I appreciate academically, is how boring the superplot is with Firefly. And there's like this mystery of like arsons around town, and the kids are exploring at night, and they're like, oh, an old theater. And they see someone going in thinking it's Batman, and they go in, and then Firefly is there trying to set the theater on fire, and it's just insurance fraud. Well, here's the thing about that. You need, and I was thinking about this, because Firefly is a low-level I know villain. He's really cool in The Batman, but he's really lame in this show. But what happens is you need a character that the kids can legitimately think is Batman and follow him into where he's going. Mm-hmm. So Batman flies, Batman in a suit, covered face. Who do you... What character is there? You can't have the penguin going in and they're like, the penguin's there. Let's follow the penguin. Look in at there. that obese Batman. Yeah, exactly. It's like you can't. There's no other Batman villain with a name that we know that with a costume that kids could legitimately mistake for being Batman and following him in. However, the brilliance is also 
that it's such a boring thing. Like, it's just Batman trying to stop Firefly from burning down an abandoned theater for insurance fraud compared to the fantasies they've been talking about this entire time. Yeah. But then, but then Batman shows up mm-hmm. and they get to have their moment. If this were made now, they always, the, what they talked about in the very beginning is no one's seen Batman. No one's able to capture Batman on film because Batman has, uh, he's too quick. So if this were remade now in our time, they would have a cell phone <laughs> and one of them would try to take a picture as they were leaving and they would get, I don't know. I feel like Carrie would, I feel like the, the kid who talks about Batman as a monster would try to, try to take the picture and Carrie would just reach over and like push his hand down and shake her head. No. Mm. It writes itself. It writes itself. There's our one for the day. So <laughs> now the third one that we have. <clears throat> Over the Edge. Which, which is, is. <laughs> the first one you said. Season 1, episode 12 of the new Batman Adventures. And this one um, has a lot of good acclaim about it. I partly wanted to talk about it, even though we see so little of him. But to talk about the scarecrow in terms of tone with Batman. The horrifying redesign of this scarecrow. I still have nightmares about this. And I the think nightmare inducing. Literally nightmare inducing. Who, who is like that is one character that is just balls to the wall freaky. Yeah. Like in the first this is his second redesign in the show too. Yeah. The first time we meet Scarecrow, he looks like something out of like an animation for the Wizard of Oz. Not scary at all, super colorful. Right. And then he gets the weird kind of I don't know how to describe that look. He's kind of like a he looks almost like a zombie farmer yeah. for most of the series. I think that's the I think that's the best way, zombie farmer. Zombie farmer. <laughs> I don't know why I said it. <laughs> Thank you for drawing attention to it. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Anything that. for you, Chris. Um, and then in the new Batman Adventures, I redesign him. Even though they're not drawing on like black backgrounds for the animation, they like make this character almost entirely solid black. And he's like this really wide-shouldered, like southern preacher with a noose around his neck, and you barely see any facial features or hand features, but they're all like flaking skin. And the best thing that I found about this is they wanted to make the character actually look scary. Um, and <laughs> What I found is they were talking, some of the, the producers of the show were talking, and they say this version was never shown out of costume, which is true, because we weren't even sure if there was an actual guy in the suit. Says Paul Dini. Says Paul Dini. Which is even more frightening that they've made this character for Batman, who's no longer Jonathan Crane. He just might be this weird, scary suit. And that's it. And I think the best twist on this is in this new season, instead of inducing fear he's a character who takes fear away from everyone else and that's his shtick i think this is the best interpretation of scarecrow that i've ever seen Hmm. because it's legitimately frightening and it's a new twist on his his powers i guess he has an anti-fear toxin instead Hmm. which he doesn't really use in this episode as much it's like not in this episode not in this this episode he but he still takes the fear away from barbara gordon of not telling her dad about who she is Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Um, so this whole episode, it begins with Batman on the run. Right. We, we start in media rest. In media rest. Batman, the Batcave has been infiltrated by Jim Gordon and a, a squad. Mm-hmm. And they're just 
bazooka heavy loaded these blasting the bat cave um batman thankfully is able to escape by hurling the giant penny at them the giant penny from almost got him right so if you watched almost got him you figure out where the giant penny came from you've seen the whole character arc of the giant penny just watching these two episodes <laughs> <laughs> so the giant penny gets to roll after him and they are able to escape and nightwing's able to come and they're getting themselves blast all to heck and they make their way out and end up in hiding batman robin and nightwing also tries to help out and um we begin our story with batman saying i remember it sorry i remember i, I don't want to do wrong batman i know kevin conroy does a, a much better normal batman voice <laughs> but <laughs> but if it's going to be batman speaking let's do batman speaking right mm -hmm. i remember it like it oh, i can't do it you, like it was yesterday <laughs> it was really even though it was this morning it was like my parents dying. Again. Again. And it was Barbara dying. And that's what we see. Mm -hmm. We get to see Barbara fighting, going after the scarecrow, and falling to her death from the top of this building, hitting the ground. She's... Oh, her death scene is really great. It's really brutal. She falls on top of her dad's cop car down below. As it's driving. Yeah. Oh. And somehow she survives this fall long enough to, like, talk to her dad a little bit as she's dying. And call him dad. Yeah. Which is how he figures out what's going on. Dad. Ah! And then Commissioner Gordon goes crazy with grief and wants to kill Batman for... Calls him murderer. Calls him murderer. Even though he knows in this story that he's not responsible for Barbara Gordon's death, but he is responsible in the way that he was enabling her to do this. And he finds out that Bruce Wayne is Batman because he, as he says, he calls up Batman, calls up Bruce Wayne and says, I know who you are. Cut the, you know. Which I love because in the, in the story, the dream sequence, he knows who Batman is. And later. But, but we're I know, not. I know, I'm getting at it. I'm getting at it. I'm getting, getting at it. I'm so but, excited. I love what's, it. What's so interesting is that um, we get this where Jim Gordon's grief causes him to go after Batman. So the way he's dealing with his grief is to destroy the way that Bruce Wayne is expressing his grief. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's taking no prisoners and stopping this. So he's Jim Gordon is going as... He's doing his vigilante work, but he's doing it through the guise of mm -hmm. having the whole police force half with him. And because it is Barbara Gordon's nightmare dream, I think it's telling that she's afraid of her father becoming the same as Batman, her other father figure. Which is so interesting. It is. It's so, ooh. I'm stroking my beard. <laughs> <clears throat> I love this episode. But I was going to say, dramaturgically, I, have, I take issue with it. Uh, you always have dramaturgical, dramaturgical, dramaturgical issues. issues. Here's the thing with dramaturgical issues with this episode. So in the end, we find out once they've, they've, Jim Gordon's finally caught up to Batman. Um, they're, they're finally ready to take it. And Barbara Gordon wakes up. He goes, oh. And we realize it was all a dream. Mm-hmm. Barbara Gordon's dream of how this would pan out if her father found out that 
Um, she had been gassed by the scarecrow and imagined the whole thing. The problem I have is that in a dream, if you die, don't you really die? I don't know. You've never had a dream like about what the world would be like without you, like White Christmas style? Not White Christmas. A wonderful White world. <laughs> it writes War itself. Of the <laughs> no, it's a it, wonderful world. It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. <laughs> oh my God. A war of the White Christmas. <laughs> a war of the White Christmas. It's a wonderful world. <laughs> what are you even talking about? So it's a wonderful life. So imagine what the world would be like without you. Mm-hmm. But that's not what happens. She falls mm-hmm. in her dream. And normally, that's what they say. You, you wake up in your falling dream because if you die in your dream, you die. There's mm-hmm. that concept. Okay. But the fact that in her dream, Batman would have a flashback. <laughs> like in her dream, we go, if, you, if you take that, then in her dream, Batman's going, oh... I remember like it was just he's it's just like well I think it's it's logically picking up where she was gassed and then imagining from that point onward what happened and then when Batman meets a new character in her dream he has to of course explain what happened before she got gassed does that make it better no it doesn't <laughs> make it better I think I think if she hadn't well, if she hadn't died, then there would be no reason for Jim Gordon to go yeah. go after him. It's it, it's her legitimate fear, but and then when she wakes up, she tells Batman immediately, like, "I can't live with this fear anymore," and so she has to go tell her dad. And so Batman Bruce Wayne says, "I know, I understand." So she goes and has dinner with her dad, and sits him down, like, "I have to tell you something about a job I took recently." And Commissioner Jim Gordon interrupts her and says, you're a big girl now. You can make your own decisions. Um, I don't have anything more to say on the matter. And in this case, I can't. Implying he can't say more on the matter. Leaving it ambiguous as to whether or not... He actually knows. He knows that his daughter is Batgirl or he just thinks that she's taken on some kind of illegal job on her own. It's kind of weirdly ambiguous. I like it that it's ambiguous, and I found that to be very satisfying. Yeah. It's the dream thing. I, I had, know. I had a problem with the dream thing. I know you did. I, I had a problem with everything Jim else. Gordon saying, I love you, all of you. <laughs> I love you, Batman. But <laughs> I don't know. It... it it, it, did, it felt false. Everything felt right except for... It being Barbara's dream in that way. Yeah. There was something. It was so strong and the nightmarish. And if, since we're talking, let's talk favorite things. Mm-hmm. The the scene where the police are there at Bruce Wayne with a battering ram barging in and breaking down the doors. That was really super exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, just angry Jim Gordon. And these cops are... Like I, like I said before, bazookas, they are after him. They're going to kill him. They're not trying to take him in. Every cop in the fantasy Batman the Animated Universe world is like a post-military cop that we see in today's reality. They're, be, they're after him. They're not, <laughs> they're not trying to bring him in. They are doing everything that Batman won't <clears throat> do with his vengeance, which is kill. Mm. They're, they're, Jim Gordon does not care, which makes me think about... Does Barbara really know who her father is? 
if that's the version of her father that she's afraid of. Mm. That's deep. Is that Jim Gordon? That's her worst fear of who her father is, but does she really know who her father Everyone is? Everyone has daddy issues. Even if your daddy's nice, you have daddy issues. Well, sure, but that, I mean, that's pretty extreme. <laughs> that, you're, that he turns into a mass-murdering guy. I want to hear like the Batman Sessions podcast episode about this. Okay. Or whatever. I think that's what it's called. I'll put in the real show notes what this podcast is actually called. It's a psychologist who is a consultant on comic books who watches Batman the Animated Series episodes and talks about psychology in them. I want to listen to that. Well, let's, let's listen to that. On a later note, my favorite thing yes. is in, <laughs> it's in uh, Legends of the Dark Knight. Um, and it's just the, the 60s Joker going up to a case in the music store that says, Do not touch priceless ukuleles. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing. <laughs> what is a priceless ukulele? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what would make it priceless. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well... We have homework time. <gasps> homework time? Next time we're going to be talking about video games. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things. And cartoons. Another one of my favorite things. Okay. Together. <gasps> so... <laughs> for know, next time... The shock. I know. I'm, I'm taking up the bait. Um, next time, please take a look at, I know I'm surprised that we're doing this, but I know what we're going to watch. Um, <laughs> please watch at least, um, Sonic the Hedgehog, the only Sonic show called Sonic the Hedgehog verbatim season one, episode seven, Sonic racer. It's the post-apocalyptic, wonderful nineties Sonic show. And starring Jaleel White. Yes. Jaleel White as Sonic <laughs> in most Sonic shows, Jaleel White plays Sonic, which I think is amazing. Um, and Legend of Zelda Season 1, Episode 1, The Ringer. And as a bonus, if you want, you can watch the new Sonic show, Sonic Boom, Season 1, Episode 1, The Sidekick. As always, thank you to our engineer, Nigel Cotino, and to Jacob Reed for our theme music. Catch us on the web, writersgetanimated.tumblr.com, WGAnimated on Twitter, and Facebook.com slash WGAnimated. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review we love on reviews. iTunes and continue to subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you, Batman. <laughs> you're welcome. That was a word. <laughs> okay, good night, good night, good night. <laughs>